Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetsBirds. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen. Unfortunately, our wonderful producer, Dan, doesn't have any power. He's up sweating his butt off in Connecticut or somewhere. So we're back here. We're doing it old school, Andy. It's StreamYard time. Yeah, we have a nice backup setup rig here. And obviously, it's also Baseball Friday. I got freaked out for a second. I'm like, oh, man, it was Baseball Friday. But then we realized we can just kick it old school here on StreamYard. We have a nice backup. We have Adam Burke with us today. I am looking svelte and pink. Baseball, like, this is the perfect Baseball Friday because this is one of the few Fridays where it's like, hey, I paid attention to baseball last night. Which I, I, I mean, I usually bet other people's baseball and I pay attention to those scores, but I actually watched quite a bit of the fun corn game. In fact, I almost had the wife take a picture of me in, in a cornfield by the house. Just be like, <laughs> hey, I'm here. Like, you can't say I'm not. This is corn. Like, you can't tell, but that was fun. Um, I have some, yeah, Adam was talking about some pending baseball futures yet. I think he might have given the Brewers one out on the deep dive before we did the, when we did a couple previews this season, that that Brewers ticket has ripened like a nice, uh, a nice Bordeaux. And yeah, how are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing well. And and like you said, last night was cool, man. You know, especially uh, the moment when the players walked out of the cornfield for the introductions. Oh God. Yeah. That was, that was, there there aren't a whole lot of things that really get to me in my, you know, with my cold dead heart being a Cleveland sports fan, (laughs) but that moment was, that was very iconic. It was very well done. A uh, little bit too much love for Kevin Costner, I think, in the pregame. But other than that, when they walked out of the cornfield, that was that was a surreal feeling moment. Very, very cool. I like it. I, was, I always wish we used corn more as like a boundary. It's a nice reminder. Like instead of fences, playing corn. Yeah, why not, uh, right? They, just, they yeah, shouldn't have had any fences awful. for that game at all. I was wondering. I'm like, they'll never do this, but they should just not have a fence so you can run into the court. And if you catch it, you catch it. Like, that's a thing. And I did mention this last night on the halftime show, which was fun. We were fun getting back into the halftime shows. But, like, it reminded me of, like, beer league softball I played in my 20s. Like, if you hit a ball over the fence, it went into a corner of bean field. Like, that's just where those a, a lot of those fields were built, you know, right into the side of a field like that. And coming out, yeah, now I mentioned this too last night. Like, my, I have to think if it's, like, completely kid-appropriate, but my nine-year-old was so confused. Like, <laughs> me and my wife were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And she's just like, why – why is this in corn? What is going on? Why are they coming out of a field? She's like, don't, don't they usually, isn't there a locker room? Like it was, she'd never seen the movie. So we might have to remedy that this weekend. Let her watch the film. But yeah, agreed. Awesome. And not only awesome, like the beginning, like you said, that really kind of got to the feels, but cool ending with the, the massive choke. And then the, the redemption by Timmy at the end, pretty cool deal. Yeah, uh, Will Brinson had the best tweet about the game, talking about how you know the uh, the Sox yeah. were throwing the game. <laughs> they were, they were really getting into the moment. I, that was an awesome tweet. Uh, <laughs> that was the highlight of the night on Twitter, I think, for that one. Yeah, he nailed that with the uh, the shoeless. And fun fact of all the, I think it's been fifteen times the White Sox have hit a walk off home run against the Yankees over the. 100 effing years they've played each other. The very first time it was done was by Shoeless Joe Jackson, which is shit you can't make up kind of fact. So that was pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, like we said, your Brewers' future is looking pretty good. I'm sitting on some Giants money from a couple different times. I didn't get in at the at the earliest. I know, some people, I know some people that have some 
fat Giants tickets. And I wanted your t- and this is a market I've been kind of watching because like everyone joked after the All-Star break. It's like they're still, you know, it's like apparently the Dodgers are still guaranteed to win this division according to these numbers. And finally, after a while, it finally flipped last night with the uh, the Giants did win. I'm seeing some numbers where a few books are starting to tickle it into the the other side of zero or the other side of even money where the Giants are now over 50% likely, I guess, by the market. I mean, have you tracked that much? Do you have any, you know, I, I don't know if you have any futures out West or if you've watched that a, a ton. Yeah, you know, I picked up the Giants in the 15 to 1 range or so. I don't nice. remember if it was around the All-Star break or maybe a little bit earlier than that, but you know, look, I, I, you know, it's really interesting to kind of see the way that this is sort of taking shape here because at this point, the Giants are up five games in that division. I mean, that's a lot to make up when you consider that these teams only have three head-to-head meetings left. And the Giants, of course, were very successful in the last two series. Dodgers were more successful early on in the season. You figure that's probably not a Dodgers sweep coming up here in September. It could be, but probably not. So maybe they make up a game. Maybe they even lose some ground. The fact that they're five back now, I mean, realistically speaking, the Giants should be favored to win this division, I think, right now. And as you said, it's it's kind of getting closer to that point. But I'm really pissed off at myself because I looked at the Giants and I looked at the Diamondbacks coming into the season, and I kind of wasn't sure how sustainable last year's offensive improvements were for the Giants. So I wound up playing the Diamondbacks over instead of the Giants over when they were aligned kind of in the same range. So that was a major misstep, obviously, for me. But you know, I, the more that you watch this Giants team and the more that you think about how they're built, how they go about their business on a day-to-day basis, they are here to stay. I think they will be around with the Dodgers and the Padres here over the next you know two to three years fighting for the top of this division. And, of course, they could get even better here in the offseason too. So it's not even just this year that I'm looking at for San Francisco – it's. I wonder how disrespected they'll be in the futures market going into next season as well. Yeah, no, that's true. And I, I did kind of look at the schedules a bit, <clears throat> and I, I pulled up the Dodgers first. I'm like, man, they have the Mets, they have the Rockies, you have a bunch of games against you know some, some Pirates, but also like, and I didn't do a full rundown because there's too many games and I have to sit and make a nice little spreadsheet. But you know, the Dodgers, excuse me, the Giants play the Rockies and the D-backs, and I think maybe the Mets even a little too. Like, it's yeah. Hopefully, I, I think it might come down to just whatever team takes care of business the most with bad teams. And then, you know, both have some middle of the road teams and obviously that one series with each other. So I'm, yeah, I'm team giant. It sounds like we're all team giants. So, and I know, I don't know anybody with the Dodgers ticket. Maybe now I like, I guess that that would be the case. If you had a stupid high preseason or giants ticket, I wouldn't fault you for buying off a little with some Dodgers money at this point. Cause the Dodgers are, I mean, they, they did a, they are still a very good team. They do probably have a slightly easier schedule. Wouldn't wouldn't hate it, but I'm not just because I didn't get a big enough number. Yeah, and I think too, you know, it, it's tough because I think from a division standpoint, I think you can really sell yourself on the Giants. From a playoff standpoint, that's where you kind of wonder. I mean, you, you think about the Dodgers and all the depth that they have on the pitching side and, and obviously the depth they have offensively too. The Giants winning over 162 games where they're playing all over the league and all of that is one thing. The Giants winning in the playoffs could be another. So I think you really have to look at it as two independent markets where the division is one thing and then the pennant and the World Series futures are another thing. 
to where, yeah, maybe the Dodgers do have more of an advantage there, but still, I mean, their prices don't really provide a whole lot of equity anyway. Yeah. Yeah, looking at the oh, World no, Series no. lines, the Dodgers are short of three to one. I mean, it's are they the favorite? Does that make sense to you? Have you looked at any of the World Series futures lately? I think it makes sense from a sportsbook standpoint because everybody knows the Dodgers, everybody knows all the big names that they have, you know, so on and so forth. One thing we haven't even mentioned yet from a division standpoint, with Mookie Betts out now, I mean, that kind of lowers the ceiling for the Dodgers a little bit in terms of trying to make up this five game gap. Bets will be back in time for the playoffs, at least based on everything that I've seen. So, I mean, from a talent standpoint, from being worried about exposure, I think having the Dodgers as the favorite makes sense. But, you know, also really wouldn't shock me if the Dodgers lose that one game wild card or something like that. Yeah. That is the wild part about that. Like the jokes were when, when the you know, the Dodgers and the Padres were all jockeying for these high-end free agent arms. It's like, man, this guy is going to be, you know, like one of the top two or three pitchers in the league is going to be starting or possibly against each other, starting against each other in a wild card game, which is very interesting, especially if, uh, you know, obviously San Diego's right there too. Um, Look, I still have the standings pulled up. So I'm going to say another team that's, you know, jockeying for playoff position. They're only a game and a half behind the Astros right now. They beat your uh, guard. We don't call them the Guardians yet because it's call them whatever st- you want. It's, I, still, I call not, it's them, still not a frankly, good Frankly, I call them shitty right now. Yeah, they're really the shitty. Cleveland so, uh, baseball team. The Cleveland baseball team lost seventeen nothing yesterday. I didn't want to. Bur- that was just the uh, the biggest of it. I guess the Brewers oh. beat the Cubs seventeen to four too. And I told you not to. I didn't want you to ruin the surprise. But you had a bit of a. You had something to say about blowouts going forward in the last. What? How many games roughly do we have left? Like forty-five, fifty. Yeah, I, yeah, Somewhere we're probably like that. in that forty-five range now. You know, I think that as as we go deeper into the season here, there's going to be a lot of talk. There already is, but it's only going to increase from this point forward about how pitchers are going from. 65, 70 innings last year up to 175, 180 innings this year. And it's a really big jump. And when you look at a lot of the teams out there that aren't very good, they've got pretty young rotations on the whole. So those are teams that are probably going to protect those arms a little bit, maybe go with bullpen days, maybe go with piggybacks of long relievers, something like that. We've already seen a team like the Tigers do it, you know, limiting Casey Mize to three or four innings. I'm sure they'll do it with, do it with Tarek Skubal. Maybe they'll do it with Matt Manning as well. But the teams that are really good are really good because they have a lot of depth. You know, when you look around Major League Baseball right now, all the division leaders, the playoff teams, all of that, they're top-heavy to a degree in some cases like Milwaukee. But most of those teams are very, very deep. So if, you know, a team like the Padres, for example, if they were fully healthy, the idea of maybe skipping a U Darvish start to use like an Adrian Morahone or something like that, it's not as significant of a drop-off as we may see for some other teams. Padre is not a great example because everybody's hurt. Maybe the Dodgers, if they were healthy, is a better example. But what the idea I'm getting at here is that these teams that have depth have a lot of major league caliber pitching on them. The teams that don't are going to be using spot starters, journeymen, minor league call-ups, guys that maybe didn't start the season, you know, building up their innings in May and early June, something like that. So I think we may see a run on lopsided final scores and blowouts here over the last month and a half of the season because you're going to have a lot of these bad teams that are throwing sacrificial lambs out there. We know who the good teams are. We know the run that favorites have been on over the last week, week and a half. So I think in a lot of cases, 
if you're looking at a favorite, I think you really want to start looking at that run line and adjusted run line, something like that, because I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of one run games as we go forward. So far this season, 27.7% of the games have been one run games. I think that kind of regresses a little bit back towards previous seasons to where maybe we get some alternate run lines with the you know underdog, or we just get these favorites covering these big run line numbers. So because of the fatigue that we're going to see from the pitching staffs going forward, I think you probably want to take a serious look at that. Even if you do a minus one to kind of cover your ass a little bit, something like that. But I, I think that we get a lot of lopsided scores the rest of the way, not only because of the lack of parity, but especially because pitchers just are going to have such higher workloads than they've had in the past that I think the teams that are really reliant on these guys to go out there and eat up a lot of innings are going to struggle the rest of the way as a result. You mentioned lack of parity and kind of favorites. There's been much made afloat around Twitter the last week or so about how favorites have done extremely well in baseball. Do you expect that to turn, or is that kind of a continuation fitting to what you were just talking about? I mean, as we get to the end of the season, we have certain teams that are just so much better than everyone else. Do you think this will balance out, or should we just keep playing favorites and laying the run line, like you said? I think it's going to keep going. You know, I mean, I, I've kind of run this, and I used to talk about this on the Better's Box podcast that I had, where it was an arbitrary cutoff number, admittedly, but favorites of minus 180 or higher had been extremely profitable over the last five seasons. And this year it started very, very slow. April was really the month of the underdog. But now that we've seen an increase in offense with the crackdown on foreign substances and all of that, you know, you think about a low scoring environment, the underdog has a better chance. You think about a higher scoring environment, the favorites are definitely going to do better. And we've certainly seen that since the start of June. So I don't see that stopping. I really, truly don't. Because also you have a lot of teams in Major League Baseball right now that aren't really trying. You know, they're not really trying to be competitive. They're cutting costs. They're, you know, in whatever various state of a rebuild that they're in. I think it continues to be very, very chalky the rest of the way. And the hope would be that maybe the playing field gets leveled a little bit with the new CBA, something like that, to add a little bit more parity. But as far as the rest of this season goes, I think it'll be chalk. I think it'll be chalk on the run line. I think it's just going to be you're going to have to you're at the late prices, I think, to make money the rest of the way in baseball for sure. Yeah. I know I know some people that like themselves a good alt run line. You can get some big fat numbers. If you really think it like this, this money line is way off, a minus two and a half, minus four and a half. And you know, I, I spoke with somebody about this once about you know heavy, heavy juice, you know, favorites. He's just like, Well, if it's minus two hundred, I make it minus three hundred. I don't care. I'm gonna lay the juice. And I asked, like, you know, do you ever consider the run line? He's like there's no incentive for a team to win by more than one if it comes down to it at the end. And I did, I, I was able to, even not being a baseball better at heart, I was able to counter it with a little bit as far as, you know, everybody's constantly trying for that next contract in every sport, but baseball is literally the only one where they will literally use legally, arbit, you know, legally binding arbitration that uses your stats your individual stats as you know how you get your next contract so you know some of these good teams who are deep and they're going up against a, a really you know maybe a, a shitty bullpen that already is beat up you know they're not just gonna let up because it's like oh man we're beating this team so bad i'm not gonna swing hard here you know those guys those individual stats definitely matter down the road so i yeah i don't i don't see a problem with that let's let's and i think one other thing real quickly is from, from a live betting standpoint you know and i've done this before making some money going against the brewers actually oddly enough is that 
if a really good team is trailing in the middle innings, you know, they're not using their top bullpen guys. They're using guys that maybe pitch once a week, maybe twice a week at most, something like that. And you can get some runouts, you know, even if it's an underdog who winds up, you know, attacking a starter or something like that. These teams that are really good, you know, like I talked about, you're going from basically what some of these relievers maybe pitched 40 or 45 innings last year. Now they're going to have to go up to 70 or 75, and then you want them ready for the playoffs. Managers have to balance that workload. So if a favorite is losing, a favorite that has a good bullpen in particular, or at least a top-heavy bullpen, those guys probably aren't going to come into that game unless the offense does something or something like that. So you can kind of look to play some live, you know, run line, alternate numbers, something like that, because teams aren't going to use those good relievers if they don't have to. They're going to save those bullets as much as possible. So maybe a live over, some kind of thing like that. That's something I think that you can look at if you want to try and find opportunities to fade the good teams. You know, because like I said, the Brewers are not going to use Devin Williams or Josh Hader unless they have a lead, period. Probably not even in tie games the rest of the way with the lead that they have in that division. So those are live betting opportunities you can take advantage of here uh, if the favorites, you know, don't come to fruition. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I do like live betting, and you talk. We talk about this with idea. the. I mean, we essentially we talked about it with the Dodgers. We talked about it with the Lakers. We talked about it with like teams that you know, the market wants to bet anyway. Or we talked about it with the Packers on the deep dive the other night. It's like when when the favorite, a minus two hundred favorite, is down. Those live numbers are slightly off because the people are oh I want to bet I want to bet the Dodgers they're the better team I don't care if they're down three runs and you can get a slightly better price on maybe an over or just laying it with the laying it with the underdog if you're getting a decent price on you know this team's leading and they're not it's almost like it's almost like the Giants division price like this team's ahead like shouldn't we just bet that at this price so I like that quite a bit with the bullpen angle and uh yeah before we before we let you go here, you had some plays for today on a Friday night. You sent a couple over. I'm going to have to – I'll find those quick. Yeah, there they are. A side and a total for tonight, which I like because I, I have one NFL bet, but, man, I don't know how involved I can get in some of these other ones. Yeah, and, and looking at tonight's card, and, and I think it's tough. I mean, it's a very chalky card, as I mentioned. So if you, if you are somebody you know allergic to chalk, you're probably going to have to get over it here for the rest of the MLB season. But looking at the Tigers tonight, I mean, Zach Plesak is is not the same for the Indians. He's not been the guy that we saw last year in the 60-game sample. Did get hurt. Probably feels like it's kind of a little bit of a lost season for him. He's not pitched well. He's not striking guys out. A lot of balls in play. Bad things can happen with that. I'm not high on Tyler Alexander for the Tigers at all whatsoever. But this Indians team is in free fall mode, and deservedly so. They had been playing over their heads quite significantly I don't know how they were a 500 team for as long as they were. I don't know how they were still on the fringes of the wild card race for as long as they were. But now we're seeing what happens to James James Karinchak without you know foreign substances. Brian Shaw has not been very good. Now Nick Sandlin is hurt. He had kind of become their second in the pecking order before the ninth inning in terms of leverage relievers. So now he's out. So this bullpen that was such a strength early on in the year no longer is. The offense is still terrible. And also, too, I don't really know if there's a whole lot of respect in the dugout for DeMarlo Hale, who's taken over for Terry Francona while he's out for the rest of the year. It felt like the Indians kind of overachieved in part due to Francona, but now that he's not there, 
they're just lifeless. They're making mistakes all over the field. They're getting blown out. The offense is terrible. I I just, you know, looking at this game, I understand that Plesak has more of a track record than Alexander, but to me, I think you got to take the Tigers here in this spot tonight and keep fading the Indians because I think that this is maybe a team that could be as bad as eight or nine games under 500 by the end of the year, maybe more than that. Then the other one that I'm looking at here for tonight is actually the under out in Seattle with Robbie Ray and Chris Flexen. And if you look at Flexen's home splits, they are outstanding. And we know that T-Mobile Park is a very difficult park to hit in, even for a lineup as good as the Blue Jays. Wouldn't expect the Mariners to do anything against Robbie Ray. Don't expect the Mariners to ever do anything offensively at home. So I think the under is a pretty good look here tonight where Flexen's good enough to get by, especially with those home numbers, and Robbie Ray should shut down the Mariners lineup. I dig it. Yeah, and as much as we – hopefully T- – I just – I hadn't thought about that since the news. Like, hopefully Tito's fine. Like, you know, the Indians stink and all, but I like him as a person. He's probably yeah. my favorite uh, opposing manager in the in the division for sure. You know, I think considering Larus is one of them. I think a lot of people sort of expected him to be done after last year, and, and yeah. then he came back, and now he's it's been one health problem after another. The thing of it is, he's like the fourth highest paid person in that organization in terms of players and coaches. So, you know, it's tough to walk away from four million, even if you you feel pretty bad every day. Yeah. That's that, and that that kind of speaks to like what he was dealing with. Like that's a lot of money, yeah. so you know. And you know, people can sometimes people just need to step away from it a bit. Look at Bruce Arians; like that guy literally retired due to health problems. Just took it, take some time. It's a super stressful job. It's a lot harder than what we do. I'm just sitting here betting on sports. Those guys have a, a lot of personalities <laughs> to manage. If uh, that's one way to put it. So, well, Adam. Thanks for joining us today. You go enjoy your weekend, enjoy your baseball, enjoy everything that's going on in your life. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to more Baseball Fridays with you sometime down the road and hopefully some more baseball content and football soon. Soon. College football is like, we're the 13th. Oh, it's Friday the 13th. That's why the power's out. Like, this is all coming together now. Oh, God. It's just cursed. Everything's cursed now. But yeah, I believe the 28th is the garbage uh, week zero game, which I will still pay attention to and wager on a few of those games. So excited for football, college football, and the baseball playoffs coming up. Thanks a lot, Adam. Absolutely. Glad to be here. I look forward to everybody's uh, college football game of the year on UTEP and New Mexico State there in week zero. I feel like I've seen people put plays out on that already. I, I think it's sure. more fun to say, so I'll take you, Tap. Yeah, go Miners. There you go. Sounds good <laughs> to me. All right. Thanks a lot, Adam. You can find him at Skating Tripods on Twitter. And we will um, – what else do we have? We don't have any tennis today. Yeah, just four matches in Montreal. They all look just about lined right to me. Keep cheering for our girl, Jessie Pagula. She's our last out right here in the quarterfinals. Yes, Coco Goff is playing, but they hung a total of 21 and a half. And as crazy as it sounds, Andy, I almost bet the under. Just playing Camilla Georgie, you know, this match could be really long or really short. Um, I think generally it is probably pretty short given how well Goff has played. Maybe Tormo is a dog against Pushkova if you're looking for some action. But a lot of fun tennis to watch. Nothing that looks worth betting, though. Stupid, efficient market. Stupid, efficient market indeed. Um, I do have a bet tonight. I've already put in. We talked about it a little. If you followed us on the halftime stream last night, I think it got mentioned right at the end there. Three yeah. games tonight. 
Here's the odds, courtesy of our friends over at WinBet. The two games start at. I'm assuming this is Central Time. Boy, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to double check that because you know Dan made this graphic, so this could definitely be East Coast time because that guy's uh in a whole different time zone. That looks yeah, like it, East Coast time. It does look like yeah. These are gonna be East Coast. 7 so six Central for the Bills and Lions game up in Detroit. Bills, this unders got hit a little. I think that's what I'm on. I'm going to go check the accounts. I'm 90% sure I bet the Bills under. This will be a Mitch Trubisky game. Mitch Trubisky versus whatever the Lions put on there. Um, Trubisky's he's actually kind of good as far as a preseason quarterback. If you're starting a backup and it's Mitch Trubisky, he's had plenty of experience in starting games. So I actually would slightly lean Buffalo there, I guess. I'm not betting the side. Uh, Tennessee and Atlanta at the same time. I'm not sure which one of these will be nationally televised, if any. I believe it is the Bills-Lions game on NFL Network, if you get that. Yeah, I would um, think so. This is a, it's a fun one. They don't do this in the regular season, but it's, it's the uh, Julio slash Arthur Smith return home games. Because you have Titans Falcons right away, and they they flip flopped a, a player and a coach there, so Titans are slight dogs there in Atlanta. Another total right around thirty seven. That's thirty seven and a half. I don't have a strong take on that either. That'll be another one where we'll get to see some of this retooled stuff. I believe Atlanta switching to a three four defense. So you get to see the, the new defensive uh, structure of that, and maybe some. Uh, I think that's the thing I'll be looking for the most in that one is how much of the rookie we'll see for Atlanta. Yeah. I'm excited to watch him play. Now that'll be fun. Hopefully we get to see a little bit of that. I like that Bills, Lions under. I mean, the Bills are just running the ball every play. So, I mean, uh, who, I wish you could bet like under offensive possessions even, something like that. Um, yeah, now punts, I saw punt stats. You don't get punt props in the preseason at a lot of places. We might have to hunt those down, though. What would you think of Sam's idea, taking all the dogs and teasing them? I would think they'll let you do anything if there's a teaser option. I'm not so sure after what happened on the essentially the final offensive play of last night. I'm not sure I'm teasing anything until we get to the regular season. I'm not complaining about the, uh, the officiating was weird. Like the touchdown probably wasn't a touchdown, but the two point conversion was probably enough of a catch to call it a two-point conversion. So that was a confusing series of events that put us on a push <laughs> for, and the push was only there because we had a missed extra point and a 92 yard drive with your fourth string quarterback at the end. So the preseason's tough to bet on. And then obviously uh, Rivera took the timeouts and we saw it happen. That was pretty funny. The second half total would have hit if it weren't for the missed extra point, because then Washington would have just kicked their extra point and it would have yeah. been 17. Um, and then we ended up getting the second half over anyway. Somebody on the podcast last night made a joke about we should take the Patriots minus three and parlay it with the over 16 and a half. That of course also hit on the incredible 90, whatever yard run it was. So pretty funny stuff at the end. And that makes me super scared of teasing any of these. And then the other one that will be on also on that NFL network later in the evening is Cowboys Cardinals. And what did you make of the battle of Pennsylvania last night? And this is the lead in question to this was, do you think playing a game already was an advantage for the Steelers? Cause they, you know, they played last week. I guess so. I, I mean, they looked a little more together. I don't know if that says more about how the Steelers maybe had the advantage of having played or just how bad the Eagles are. Um, Jalen Hurts looked 
very Jalen Hurtsy based on what we've heard in, in camp. I didn't see anything to make me feel too much better about him. And there was a bunch of Joe Flacco tweets joking about how he's the quarterback now that he can complete a three-yard dump pass. Um, it's fun. It's fun being in Philadelphia with all these Eagles fans, Andy. I imagine. Yeah, the Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites there. The total a little higher, 38-and-a-half. The Cowboys, yeah, they also, again, they had the advantage of playing one game that didn't look great in that game. I believe that one finished up with a pretty low score. Where is the Hall of Fame? Oh, there it is. Yeah, 16-3 to Steelers. Cowboys maybe kind of want to get in the end zone this week. That'd be fun for them. It's interesting, a team that scored three points last week is on a, one of the higher totals for the week. But, yeah, Kyler Murray going to play, but they have said it's not going to be all that much. I would think maybe two or three possessions. Honestly, if he has one really good possession, if he marches them down the field, they get in the red zone, they score, they kick a field goal. I could see them, if it was a longer drive, making it just one. So the you know the, the Dallas the Dallas side might be live here as a, a slight underdog too, but no play for me in that one. If I did have to bet it, I'd probably just take all three underdogs. Really, yeah. It's I wonder too if if having played the game is really just you're on your second game and teams take their second preseason game maybe a little more seriously than the first one. So it's an yeah. angle I think, but I don't know how much you can put behind it. The only thing that would scare me off the Cowboys is they did say the starters. You know, they're, 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 they have like the normal old school preseason where they have four games. They're going to treat next week as more of a let's get the starters in for a lot of the game because it is the third game and it's at home versus Houston. So they want, you know, they want to treat the treat the home crowd to some starters. So I don't know how much you'll see the starters in this one for the Cowboys. And I'd imagine why there was some Arizona money there. So let's uh, let's go preseason. I'm going to sit down and watch this tonight. I don't care how bad it is. I had a it's lot football, of fun. Man. Honestly, like sweating out that, uh, that Washington <laughs> touchdown drive at the end. That was like, I'm like, if even if I lose this, I'm like, I missed this so much. So enjoyed it thoroughly. Hopefully you guys are enjoying football and hopefully you guys have a good weekend. Huh? Yeah. Like let's uh let's slide into the weekend, Alex, and go uh what the, I think there's football all day Saturday too. Man, I have so much to do though. Going on vacation really Fs with your honeydew list. I have a lot of stuff doing, yes, and the Premier League is back. Go beat soccer, football, um, whatever. Yeah, sneaky pick for Andy today. Brentford clean sheet, three to one. That is the Arsenal doesn't score, basically. So I don't know what time that match starts. Honestly, it may have started at this point. What time is uh? What time do we got Premier League today? That is at two p.m. Central, Thomas. three Eastern. So go bees, Brentford clean sheet. Let's go. That's that might be my new squad because my old one was Sheffield and they were they are gone. They are in Championship right now. So you know what? I'm a I'll bees fan. One. Officially a bees, go bees fan. We're starting starting the Premier League season with my bees versus the Gunners. Let's go. You guys have a good weekend and uh, Alex, play us out. See you Monday. One of these times, do you have a guitar? No, I don't. Which one of us should get one? You should just like to pretend like you're playing when this music's on.